Welcome to the Carnegie Natural Podcast. There's the soothing sound of a rainforest. <laughs> I thought you were gonna like scratch it. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah. It's, how many oh. sounds can we get out of this thing? I felt a little bit, a little bit of tingle <laughs> on the back of my neck because of that. All right, uh, we're back. Carnegie Natural, episode twenty. Naked, afraid, the way God intended. And today, we're experimenting with sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Carnegie Natural experiences sound this week. Enough of that. <laughs> How are you picking those up, Josh? It actually hurts my head. Like oh. I, I, feel, I feel it in the back of my brain. Oh, okay. That's what we're. That's what we're going for. The fidelity is too high. Yeah. I mean, okay. So let's go in our circle and introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm, Ma- I'm Mallory. And I'm Tim. All right. Mallory is our, our guest from across the country. Acro- yeah, I do go to school in California. That's something about me. Uh, my claim to fame is that Isaac, a uh, returning guest on this podcast. Meshach Mills. Meshach Mills. Really Meshach Mills. That, no, that's his daughter. Oh. Um, he is dating my older sister. Um, so that's that is my existence in a nutshell. Yeah. So when our fans are drawing out the the lore family tree of like everyone, all the characters, they can piece that together. The Mills family. Mills yeah. family. And like, I, I also I went to the same high school as Compton, which I know he's sometimes mentioned. Oh, I wish he was on. He's his not podcast. mentioned nearly enough, I think. But shout out to Evan Compton. Evan Compton is currently uh, MIA. Does anyone know where he is? Maybe I think he's back in Virginia. He might be dead. I think my, <laughs> he's not dead. My mom uh, Hopefully. Go, goes on walks Please. with uh, his mom all the time, and they have like Zoom teas, um, so she would know. Zoom teas. Yeah, they like. They zoom and tea. Yeah, they like drink tea over Zoom. So that also means you went to the same high school as Alicia Compton. <laughs> yes. So Alicia Compton <laughs> is best friends with my sister. So it's it's a Whoa. web. It's a web. The Compton Mills family. Yeah. Shout out to Zoom teas. I'm interested in, is this a thing? Like, am I missing like, out? Like, yeah. Like, my mom has, like, the neighborhood ladies that she'll Zoom and have tea with. Or, like, she's a professor, so sometimes her and the other, like, professors will Zoom together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're really entering a new age of technology where white moms have been forced to go into hiding from, like, the tea shops that they used to go to. It's a tragedy. An American tragedy. American. Oh, the coffee shops are still open. Yeah, but you can't like go and like gossip, you know? It's to go. Yeah, no gossiping in the tea house. Is that one of the rules? Yeah, that's no, like No 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 no. Gossiping is all like you have to sit down in a tea shop and they they are mindful and they don't wanna put themselves or workers at risk, so they just do it over Zoom. No, is a tea shop different than a coffee shop? Yes. Well, they go, like, places to have tea. So, like, nice restaurants off- offer a tea service. Uh, usually it's, like, limited to, like, certain days or times. I would think more adult gossip happens at, like, the kitchen island and, like, you know, those fancy renovated granite kitchens. Well, there's a, one of the ladies on the That's Zoom. That's where it should happen. One of the ladies that is a part of the Zoom tea, she does host a tea, like, a Christmas tea, and it's, like, the invite like she invited me once and my mom's like this is a great honor so we're you're, i was in high school she's like we're gonna pull you out of school so you can attend this tea at this lady's house wow 
Yeah. Almost, almost as prestigious as the Yule Ball. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter. We just came from a viewing of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. First time watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a big screening event hosted by the Carnegie Distance Project. Yeah, Jacob, if you're listening to this, we're uh, four movies in, so uh, we're getting there. So I just watched uh, my man Cedric die. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) That kid was my boy, and he was my son. At this point, we don't even have to shout out Jacob, because he's one of the main characters of the podcast, I'd say. Yeah. It's really... I think that movie is very fascinating, because the first half is solely focused on puberty, and then the second half is like... That's my boy! Like, just immense trauma. There was a lot of angst. I also, like, I don't understand why uh, Harry didn't mention that he saw Malfoy's father. I feel like that was the most critical part of the entire time he was in the the graveyard, but... That is true. So, we've just been... Just that detail, maybe. We, I don't... We'll see what happens in the next movie. Yeah, we've been working through the Harry Potter films, uh, and I knew that today we were going to be watching the fourth film, so I had a dream about, mm. like, my brain was trying to reconstruct the Goblet of Fire, uh, but my brain got really distracted by the puberty aspect and just, like, focused on their relationships for, like, an hour and a half. And then I woke up before any of the actual plot of the Goblet of Fire happened. So, Mallory, is there a reason that you use the word film instead of movie? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so I am an art student. I am a theater directing major at Pepperdine. Um... And so I guess I just try to I, I try to look at things and uh, appreciate their artistic aspect um, and try to elevate things in life, you know, maybe. Are you the first non-STEM person on this podcast? Uh, I... Fentoms. Fentoms? Fentoms. What, what does he study? Um, exercise science. Oh, well, that's a science. That's a science, all right? That's a that's, science. That's the essence STEM. But it, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna. I think that's more. Of, it's like more of a. It's more treatment. Like that's like you go into like physical STEM. therapy. That's still STEM. Medicine. You know, arts is part of STEAM. I've been hearing. I I don't understand <laughs> STEAM because it. To me, STEM is employable, and what I do is not. And there's a very big distinction there. And I don't. Yeah, but business people are employable. Yeah, they're not STEM. They're not. I know, but like. So it's, I feel like the arts should just, they should be rem- their own thing. I was trying to make a word with a steam, but with a B. Steb. Stebomb. <laughs> Where are you getting the O, the no, M, and S- the other B? No, S-T-E-B-A-M. Stebomb. So science, technology, engineering, business, arts, and mathematics. Stebomb. <laughs> we'll, we'll workshop. Wait, so, uh, can we go back to steam? <laughs> Who is saying steam? That's what well, I, just... I no, technically I think so I think the business man. might be included in math. Um, I'm gonna have to argue with that one. <laughs> I only say that because like if you look at a business school at a university, it's gonna have like your accounting classes which are uh, part of STEM and stuff like that. But there are finance like there there are people who do finance and there are people who don't do finance. And like there are people who do like stuff that involves no math. The people who do so stuff we'll that involves a lot of math. But... Uh, uh, STEM asterisk not finance. Um, yeah, I'll I'll draw the line there. <laughs> this is an anti-finance major podcast. Wait, yeah. we're and also finance? and also we also, also a round earth podcast. No, just just the major itself. 
You can be in the finance world. We, we're going to support you. I'm saying that finance is math and that the rest of business is not so much. Huh? Finance is math. This okay. is why we people, had... people in business focus on, like, Kevin Corey, who uh, just visited us. Shout out to Kevin Corey, uh, for example. Studied at Tepper uh, School of Business at Carnegie Mellon. Mm. And he had a focus on finance. So he took quite a few math classes, and I would qualify him as a STEM person. Okay. But he's not doing the typical business track. It's like a small portion of Tepper. I miss Tepper jokes, man. Yeah. Now they now they have more money than everyone else. So yeah, they've got a lot of money. But what we about to... I thought Bill Gates was pumping money into the CS program. Bill Gates shows. He, I think that there has to be like a handful of schools that have a building or even school named after him. So he he has uh, many children. That's true. In terms of computer he's, science programs, he's a, he's a bastard father. Yeah. He also doesn't. He doesn't really have a connection to the school besides just besides that he scoops up engineers. Yeah, but that's about that's all, all the companies. What are your thoughts on having gone to school for four years in the uh, Gates Hillman Center? I think. How do you feel about Bill Gates as a person? Ah, uh, cool guy. Pro- not very cool when he was younger. Supposedly, so supposedly he was a savage, or the whole company was a savage. But now that he's like wealthy and has secured his position, he's moved into like the philanthropy and like giving it back. But like. I've heard that he was just a massive bookworm. Like, yeah. he refused to speak to even his family because it oh, he detracted had, like, from his reading He had, time. like, a very, like, weird relationship with his mom. I watched, like, a short documentary about Yeah, Netflix it. did it, I think. Yeah. All it was, I like, know. inside Gates' like, mind. <laughs> All I know about him is that uh, Malcolm Gladwell uses him as an example in Outliers. Wow. That's yeah. a... That's the enemy. That is a, a another podcaster, Malcolm Gladwell. No, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast is a revisionist history. Come on. I think well, no. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that's another podcaster. We don't. We don't. We don't. Um, I, I was. We don't associate. His he's not, he's I was just a, mentioning his book. He's a, first and foremost an author. Microsoft yeah, books are books are boring. <gasps> Ooh. Microsoft always has oh, not always has also contributed the Balmer point. Which Balmer's is, nuts, from what I hear. <laughs> supposedly, but he contributed the Balmer point, which is, like, the perfect level of how much you've drank to how well you can code. And so you either are... So it's like, a, it's like a dip, like, at a certain point, but then there's, like, a perfect spike that is, like, has, like, a threshold of, like, point like oh oh one percent alcohol blood volume. And then after that, it's over. And you just have to find that. And that's, like, their, their joke. Their joke is that, like, the time when they missed that point was when they came out with, like, Windows Millennium Edition. So, what was the significance of that? Well, M- Windows Millennium Edition sucked, supposedly. Uh-huh. I mean, I was too, so like. Yeah, I think we all know about Windows Millennium yeah, Edition yeah. here. Um, <laughs> clearly, this is something that is discussed and thought about every no, day. I'm gonna put the sock on. Oh, oh no! no. It, look at the look at the do- audacity. Oh, it does not look great, Tim. You just deafened in the entire what audience. Did you do? At this point. We've so, been talking about a little bit too much CS. I think the audience. Okay, well, yeah, is, we uh, gotta, yeah, we gotta change topics. We gotta so start. For, for the audience uh, who can't see what just happened, Tim took a sock off of off do. of the coffee table, put it onto the microphone because he is convinced that it will give a, a better sound. Well, so, I, I so do if have it, good reasoning, it's a pop filter, and it, as Josh uh, is pretty good at explaining, gets rid of the. Sound in your Didn't voice. get rid of that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a, it was a particularly uh, 
It was a strong. It, it was a pretty aggressive one, yeah. The 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 more the more subtle. Uh, For sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah, email us at carnegienatural at gmail if you think it's uh, the quality is increased. Also email us if you want to get the official Carnegie Natural pop filter sock. <laughs> Coming soon to the merch. We're store. raffling it away. <laughs> We'll wear it for at least like 16 days between us, and then we'll send it out. Ian Harris may or may not autograph it. <laughs> I, I I met Ian Harris today for the second time. This is a great topic. This is, this is, what, I this is, this is what I would, want. Um, so I kind of had a rivalry with Ian Harris. Um, personally, he As did, most people do. He did not know I existed when I was holding this uh, grudge against him. But... Uh, I considered myself a big fan of this podcast, uh, listened to every episode, uh, but Tim kept being like, Mallory, no, like, you're not the biggest fan. Ian Harris is the biggest fan. And I I believed that, and I was like, you know, I'm just never going to be able to compete with this guy. Uh, But then today, at the dinner table, I found out that he has only listened up to episode 15. So there are four episodes Shame. that I have listened to that Ian Harris has not. Um, and I want that on the record. Ian must have ran out of cigars to walk in Frick Park and Ian, smoke and listen to. Ian, if you're listening, I'm extremely disappointed in you. Uh, and I expect to receive an email explaining why you haven't listened to the last four yeah, episodes. Emails, Ian is so far the only one that has emailed carnegienatural at gmail.com. Well, it was a persona. We don't. It wasn't necessarily. True, it was, it was a lonely high schooler who <laughs> was like, my English teacher told me my life is going downhill. We are we are fairly certain it was, in fact, Ian, though. Oh, I know. Uh, Ian, if you're listening to this, uh, it was lovely to meet you, and um, no hard feelings anymore. Um, I, I don't want to start. I don't know if I could handle having Ian think that I don't respect him as a person. So, could you do your best Ian impression? Me? Yeah. Uh, it takes years to do. Do you have it in I, you? I, I, I've met him twice. Oh, okay. I, I don't think I could, as someone <laughs> in the arts, I don't think I could portray him in a respectful way yet. Um, it, it's not something you can just dive right into. That's uh, true. When, when you when you take on a role like that, that's the role of a lifetime. That's and, true. Um, when the movie comes out, true. Perhaps I when reached too When the film far. comes out, Tim. When the film. I, you didn't actually give me a reason on that one. You I, just started going on about like some I, some elitist stuff. I had no idea that I was saying film and not movie until you pointed it out. Is this? I mean, oh, okay. So you don't actually. I, I don't preference. care. I don't. I don't watch movies often. I am much more of a stage person. Um, so that's why I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, is because I would rather listen to something than watch something that's not. Not live a big fan theater. of vision. Uh, yeah, I don't like yeah. using my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's that's cool. That's in these days. Just not using your eyes. Yeah, I do it sometimes when I drive. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I, I think it's a special skill of mine. How exactly does that work? Uh, kind of just listen. Listen to the rhythm of the street. And if I could, I'd recite the entire Arthur opening song. But relevant from PBS Kids, you know him. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. What, what, what is it change. like? The opening, like the rhythm of the street. <laughs> that's all. No, I, Eddie is our Arthur guy. Arthur was not here. Yeah, Eddie would definitely know. He. That's yeah. He. Eddie, love him to death, but the real reason he was here was just for the PBS Kids references. Eddie's actually coming to visit soon. 
as is Liam. As is Liam. As is Liam. The, the, the gang is going to come back together so pretty soon. get ready. Episode 21. It's going to be a big one. You're coming of age in more ways than The podcast one. is turning 21. Can you believe that? <laughs> 21 years you guys have been doing this. Yes. Actually, I'm still waiting. I need to do the math so we can see if we have 24 hours worth of content yet. Saying that, like, so now people could listen for a full day. That could be like one. Of, that could be like a, a TikTok challenge, just like <laughs> Carney Natural twenty four hour challenge. <laughs> could you add it to the six twelve eighteen twenty four? Like the twenty four is listen to the entire Carney Natural podcast while you do everything else. Six twelve eighteen twenty four. That's that's a that's a, that's a hell of a thing. Can't yeah. say I've ever done it myself. Personally, I have, I have no idea what that is. It's best left that way, maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. It's a. Uh, it's one of the secrets. Yeah. It's. It's a, it's an undercover. I don't even know how to describe it. Mallory, do you have a TikTok? Um, I've never posted a video. It's uh, too late. You're a I'm lurker. S- I'm a lurker. Okay. I'm also That's a lurker reasonable. on Twitter. Uh, I post about four times a year on Instagram. Uh, I'm really, you know, a million times more than standard. me. That's it. It's like an average, four average times. internet I'm user. Just, I'm just kind of, I'm not super involved. There, there are some people, especially at my college, that are very serious about their online presence. Uh, gotta build their brand. I can imagine it's a big deal, especially in LA. Especially, that's, especially, that's like the city of social media. Especially in Malibu, when it's like these people who didn't grow up in California, and it's like suddenly they're trying to like show off uh, our school to their friends back home. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for context... My school was the um, set of Zoe 101. Really? So didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So like it, uh, Pacific Coast there's Academy, a, I think that's what it is. There's a uh, some sort of motorcycle there's race, a street going, on, race going, on, going on on our street. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, what what? Uh, so you're from Virginia, correct? Yes. How was it like moving to the West Coast? Uh, very scary. Mm. Uh, I'm very pale, so uh, at, in the beginning there was a lot of sunburn, uh, but I learned how to deal with that. Uh, very different. Uh, suddenly, uh, people communicate in a different way, and that was very difficult. How different? It's more indirect. Um, I feel like in Virginia, especially being near DC, you always go to like like you respect like a bureaucracy sort of form in communication but I noticed that it's more of circular and you like go around things in LA or uh, yeah so that that was very different uh, I also started going to church with Weird Al so that was a big adjustment I feel like that was like my big LA experience Weird Al Yankovic yeah yeah uh, he's what? a longtime member at my church it's a very small church in the middle of Hollywood no way uh, and I he sat next to me he sits on my pew sometimes the sure. man who, the man who's saying Amish paradise yeah, <laughs> is uh, at your church he's at my church uh, brother Al as he's affectionately called I can't believe it did you ever offer him a sign of peace what what, what do you mean like a sign peace, of peace? be with you we don't we don't do that i'm not oh that's a shame we like but like the communion gets passed in little trays and i like handed him the tray once um so that's what's his what's his other song the uh, the jedi song Ooh, he has the the one that's like american pie but it's like him is like like (laughs) obi-wan 
and also white and nerdy. White and nerdy. I remember that one. I've actually never listened to a Weird Al song, um, mm. and I, I, at this point, it's a sign of respect for him. And is he like a changed man now? Because I don't. I no, mean, no, no. He still he still puts out music and he, does he? Yeah, and he goes on tour. And sometimes my church will like if he's in the area, they'll put together like a group and they go to his concerts interesting i didn't know uh, that he still performed yeah he's he is an active man in the music industry okay um, that's fine. i'm just like like tim like looks and is insane right now like he's taken like he's dissected <laughs> and he's dissected an orange peel and laid out like tiny pieces <laughs> in like orderly rows what, are you, trying, sheep, what are you trying to build this is like i'm what, making i'm just this, this is what is I abstract. think. This okay, is what I I'm think letting, of. I'm letting the subconscious do what it wants. You know, it kind of reminds me of like a de Kooning uh, when he got to that stage in his career. It's just a lot of pluses and minuses, and that's supposed to like hold the the key to the universe. I'm seeing that right now. Oh, what this is making me think of Game of Thrones when all the limbs are like forming this weird shape, and the White Walkers are like putting them in these circles. Like that's that's, that's you right now with the orange peels, and you also will never explain it. So just like it'll be just like the show. The Night King was my favorite character. Yeah. Unpopular opinion. Until he was ruined. <laughs> um, what is de Kooning? Uh, he's an abstract expressionist. Oh, I thought it was a like. I thought action. it was. I thought it was an action. I didn't realize like, it was a person. I thought you were no, like, it's, he's, it's a person, and he's really interesting because he kind of goes through different phases in his career, where sometimes he will draw people in very abstract forms, and then sometimes he goes to completely geometric shapes. Uh, I'm a big fan of abstract expressionism. Um, so you're decooning that orange. He, Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the way he's positioning it in the lines that intersect. Yeah, I don't think you should ever move it after you put it down. Yeah. I think you should let it rot and then sink into the table. Um, would that I would know. that continue I'd, the story? I think, the that would, I think that would add it would. value. It, it, would, would, it would become a, a like an interact not an interactive, but like a process piece where part of the statement is time and then you can it's a more of a performative uh visual art as opposed to just a, a stagnant something that you paint and put on a wall how exactly would you explain to a some of our non-artistic listeners what the statement of a piece of artwork is well i have a pretty interesting view on art that i know you disagree with tim and a lot of people disagree with uh, where i think anything human made is art uh, any form of communication, any words, it's all an art form. No matter how ugly, no matter the intention behind it, everything we do in the world is somehow designed by someone with an intention. And so um, I just think that art is everywhere and it's all around us constantly, even though we may not appreciate it. But the way a person walks through a door is a form of dance, it's a form of movement, the way that someone sends a text message is a very intimate <laughs> part of their soul. It's just, it's, I think that that's something that I think about a lot. I just, I don't know, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was, like, me, like, sitting on the toilet. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not sure if I feel too artful there. No, but it, but I, it goes to, to show that art can be like not offensive but it can be abrasive and it can be not pretty in any way and um certainly isn't pretty when i'm out there <laughs> see i i don't i don't disagree with, with that at all i th- i can see i i see what you're saying i just i, should, I, I, should I think I, yeah, well, you should stay close to the mic yeah okay <laughs> stop it <laughs> 
no I, yeah that's that's interesting so it's like is there still is there like a scale of good art and bad art um it all depends on what you're going for i mean there's no way to be a good i mean there is a way to be a good human and that's what philosophy is but there's no mm. correct or incorrect way to open a door um so like everyday art doesn't have the same standards but like if you think about the house that we're sitting in right now was probably unless it's like some original architecture it was copied or modified from some like really groundbreaking architecture and so maybe it's not great art because it's not like divinely inspired or you know coming straight from a muse or something from an artist but rather taking an interpretation of another artist's work so when you dilute stuff like that then i think you get into a conversation of what good and bad art is there's no right or wrong they're just better and worse so what about the uh what about the products of an ai program that josh develops True. If I made the AI and the AI made a building, or even well, something sometimes simple. AI AI can what make about, art. At I this mean, point. I mean, yeah, that, that's true, and and it gets into. I I would consider AI part of like the human. Someone obviously had to create it in the first place, so that would be the original maker or artist, in that case. But there's no creativity so behind like, something that an AI creates. I mean, and there's no creativity in the way that we walk across a room because it's the same way that we always walk across a room. But so, like, we, when an AI creates there's, something, there's a lot, there's a lot it can of use like a lot of randomness. So it can like look at like the the microseconds on its timer clock and then take that as like input and then they produce some output. Mm-hmm. But like humans have consciousness. Where there's more complex. I mean, I can't even really talk about this. I'm going to make a fool out of myself. But yeah, everyone's going to make fun of you. My, <laughs> my beliefs are that humans have a more complex reasoning than something that we're even remotely close to having with AI. Probably, maybe not even ever. Wow, so, Elon but, Musk but, would like your location. But you can, <laughs> if you think about it as um, someone who is maybe very capable of producing photorealistic artwork and then they choose a different technique uh something more abstract something with more geometric shapes so it's not as realistic that would be the same i think as someone creating an ai program that then inputs things it's just a different technique so no matter how complex it is um it's just a different technique for producing something um pastels uh, if i'm thinking about like traditional mediums like pastels you don't have as much control over so you're the what you the visual art turns out to be something more uh like childlike as opposed to like an oil paint or an acrylic where you can really get in to those mm. fine lines so it's just i think there's it's just a different technique and it's a different medium that you're using and of course uh, with different mediums come different outputs but there's also just randomness like yeah. josh said that well has... i mean when you think of someone like jackson pollock who's just dripping jackson pollock love Jackson Pollock when he's just dripping paint on a canvas there's some randomness in which where the paint splatters are going to go exactly and so I think that art is randomness to an extent especially live theater uh, as that's my primary background every night there's going to be some random uncontrollable event that's going to completely shape the show no matter if the audience sees it or not it happens and so there's an aspect of randomness in a lot more art forms than you would maybe presume something like film I think the reason I don't like engage with film as much as because it's so controlled and so randomness is really controlled in that point 
and I do appreciate a more true they do get like a million tries in mm -hmm. for every scene yeah I especially mean, for CG mm -hmm. but that is just one try but they make it happen. there's also no aspect of control in some cases of AI because it's I mean there's some, there, something run loose. There's some situations in the in movies that are like legendary like where like it's just like impromptu like when uh when the Joker in uh Batman the Dark Knight uh the the hospital like doesn't explode and he just like stays in character and then like just rapid fire like presses it and like continues to be in character and they just like kept filming filming it and also when uh in Lord of the Rings when uh Aragorn broke his toe by kicking a helmet that's, that's, those but but are, they those, still chose to keep it in the film. Yeah, they chose to keep it, but, but it's, it's that's random. Something, I think that's more... Well, I think that's more of a like interesting art than something that's scripted. Like That's like something that just comes personally from someone. Mm -hmm. I think that's... And it has to be on like some different spectrum than something that a computer just wrote. Well, I, again, it's just a different medium, and so it's hard to compare different mediums um, with different artists, especially. It's coming from a different place of origin with a different intention behind it. My argument is that if something has no human background behind it, and it's just data, I have no, I, there's just no way that I can be emotionally affected by that. It means nothing to me. Okay. What about, no, I was going to say Eddie, because Eddie wrote his computer music song. But what if it was auto-generated? Because you can auto-generate melodies. Like, there's a algorithmic thing to that. Like, what if it was so beautiful? There's also there's 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 that video game, uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah, random. Procedurally generated planets, and it was not received well by critics at all. No, I mean that. I mean the problem wasn't the. There was mechanics. Game. No, the mechanics were bad. But I I one of the complaints were that it was just uninteresting because it was it, there was no human touch behind it. It was just like random combinations of colors but what about like minecraft and skins minecraft is procedurally generated and when you stand on top of a mountain in minecraft and like look into the infinite beyond then maybe then and I see think the sunrise if you have the the ray tracing package on where it's like photorealistic lighting do you not feel something in your heart your heart of hearts that's the, a good the, point this that's is a maybe a question of like good and bad art uh it's not so much whether it is art but whether or not it's good or not especially uh, with the video game examples. Yeah. I guess you can feel like if someone like custom made like a, a map in Minecraft and you look at it and you're like, this is awesome. And you know that like, there's like literally like a million man hours put in behind it. You can might feel a bit more like this was really hard to make more so than like when you like are just, you start out in a world and you like, you're like, wow, this is pretty nice looking, but a computer generated it in like a minute when it was loading the level. Yeah. That's true. What about... Uh, your social security number, randomly generated number by a computer. Is that art? Well, why would you I mean, <laughs> mine has, I, I like to notice patterns in mine. So I think that maybe, I, I don't know. You know, I think that there's something to be said. For I don't everything. think social security numbers aren't randomly generated. They're sequen sequentially handed out. I'm not even kidding. Like the person like, I have uh, heard that. at least until, until like 2002 or something, if you were born before 2002, the people in the hospital that were born, like, the same day as you will have, like, a number that is, like, within a couple of digits. Like, they're just, like, a hospital. It's like, all right, you're, like, 2001 and then 2002 and then 2003. Mm -hmm. And so they can, like, find your social security number by cracking, like, some of your, like, you're, like, a person born in the same hospital as you. Mm -hmm. And then, like, just 
sequentially going for it and trying until they, they get your foolproof system. But I thought you had to apply to a, get your social security number. No, you get one you're, when you're born. You have to have one because you have to pay for it. You have to pay taxes. Yeah. Get me out of there. Yeah. Honestly, to be born without a social security number, what a free life that per- anyone who has that. That's a Rick and Morty scene, isn't it? <laughs> it's like where he takes Roy off the grid and he's burning his social security card as he runs. Put that in the link dump. So couldn't, you, couldn't you even make an argument that something like a social security number makes it... It's like anti-art that makes us less human. Well, I mean, anti-art is still art. I mean, You're right. Anti-art is still anti-art art? Anti-art is still yeah. art. I mean, there's a lot that's, of... I don't know if I agree with that. There's a lot of people who do like theater that's almost anti-theater. There's a lot of people who do visual art that's anti-art. A lot of performance art would be considered anti-art. How are, how are you defining or, anti-art? Where it's, it's like, instead of making something beautiful, it makes you ask, like, is this art and why would we consider it art? Or it goes, it actively works against conceptions we have about art. There's yeah. also, the, there's also like people like writing and then there's like book burning, which is like definitely probably like not art. I'm talking but about. A, it's a form of performance. But you're becoming less artistic mm. as a society with, as you get more organized and you have more robotic input, But you're not human anymore. You become less human. And I think that means that there's less art. So anti-art is the opposite of art. Okay, but it's still I don't know. I think we're getting really we've into gone, the weeds. We've got we've gone too deep. We've found a topic for the podcast. But we can switch it. I think we've been we've been going on that for a while. So um, I, you you mentioned the link dump and, and I have to admit I checked the website a couple days ago and it was not updated. <laughs> uh, and I'm a little bit disappointed. The AI is a little bit behind schedule. Yeah, yeah. The, We should yeah, if only like someone that was listening to the whole podcast could have just written everything down. And <laughs> and I would have found all the links, uh, but yeah, didn't know ahead of time. Maybe I'll commission somebody. Yeah. I still think the way to do and it is the to have intern. an intern sitting with a timer, taking timestamps whenever someone yeah, says and, something that's linked up. And they never get to talk in the podcast; they just have to sit. And it's Ian Harris. And it's Ian Harris. <laughs> <laughs> you actually make Ian Harris um, postpone he, his PhD to be your intern for this podcast. I bet I could convince him. He should. Ian, we'll pay you um, not minimum wage because we can't afford that, but um, we'll give you we'll give you couscous. Ian, this the art on this bench is increasing in value by the second, so uh, t- we'll give you whatever. Tim is almost it's out of orange peel. We'll oh, don't worry, I have more oranges. Okay. Okay. Uh, so before we re- had this podcast, you said you had a story that you were going to tell. Yeah, it has to it has to do with me being. Uh, insane and listening to all of this podcast in less than a week uh i was sitting we're about to get meta cranky natural yeah this is the meta the, portion the 19 hour challenge <laughs> for cranky natural i was sitting in the duplex on the couch shout I, out to the duplex shout out duplex uh, as i often am if i'm not here and there were two guys that i had never seen before uh and i knew that one of their voices sounded really familiar and I was like, like, I'm texting Morgan, who's sitting across the room, who was there before I was, got into the room. I'm like, who is that? And she's like, it's, it's Jacob. And I was oh. like, it's Jacob from the podcast. Like, wow. Like, that's, that's a, a celebrity, if I've ever heard of one. And Isaac asks him a question. And he does not immediately answer. And it's about his own life. And I knew the answer from listening to the podcast, 
So I answered for Jacob, um, which prompted him to give me a very weird look, um, but then realized what what I had done. Um, and then we had a conversation about the podcast. It was really great. Well, wait, what was the question? Do you remember? It was something about how he was a bully in middle school. And I was oh. like, oh, he shined lasers into the, the bus driver's mirrors. And then Jacob said, and then we were talking about the podcast and Jacob goes, oh, you know, like, haven't really listened uh, in a while. And I was like, oh, yeah, 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 because you thought someone with, uh, uh, Evan, like, insulted you. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a day. That's such a moment. Yeah. Uh, also, for context, I when I arrived in Pittsburgh, um, this is our second trip. Uh, I had a gum infection, and so there was like this like massive part of my gum that was infected, but you couldn't see it if you were looking directly at me. But I could feel it constantly. And then later that same evening, I'm sitting at the table with Jacob, Kevin. I think maybe Mark Moody was there. Uh, I'm eating my yogurt. Yogurt. And I feel like this infected part of my gum like moving around and I'm like this this is weird And then I opened my mouth and it just fell out into my bowl of yogurt your gum my part of my gum What yeah, it was very traumatizing. Was that a hunk? It was like a yeah, it was like I don't like that It was not great. I also dislike it. Yeah, it doesn't Um, make me feel right. Yeah, it didn't make me feel right either Uh, but solid was it gummy it was i did not touch it it was like soft did you, you finish the yogurt i did not finish the yogurt i politely excused myself from the table i don't think they knew what was going on uh, but then I, I promptly washed that dish very intensely um so if you're Thank in the you duplex eating out of a bowl i promise you even if it was the bowl it has been washed uh, you see other people, other people eating from that bowl, and you're like, that's the bowl I, my gum is in. Wasn't um, it? it was one of a set, so oh. it's like I can't be sure, but I did eat out of one of the set today. I'm thinking of like when you like told Jacob that he shined lasers in like the bus driver's eye. And I don't know how I would feel if someone I had never met before knew something like from like my childhood. Um, yeah, you know... Uh, but then, I mean, I guess I would realize it was from the podcast. I'd have to piece it together. the product but for, of being a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. I, everyone just knows. And then we, ha- I mean, he was really appreciative. Because I, I think Jacob's first episode is probably one of my favorite episodes. Triple threat um, Yeah, the triple threat. Uh, just the eating schedule in general, I think is very brilliant. I appreciated the, the stories about working um, at Gaia. So... Gaia. Gaia. Gaio? Gaio. Yeah, Gaio de Oro. Sorry. Clearly not a big enough fan of this podcast. Yeah. If campus was open, we'd have to go. Yeah. Jake I, would probably still be working there. We on, should do. On <laughs> we should do a podcast in El Gaio de Oro. Yeah, do you think we get into the UC and like set up shop? I think Mr. You Gaio himself could be sh- our guest. You have the shirts. You could just pretend to work there. Oh, yeah. They did change their They're logo. the retro. They're the retro They're shirts. They're retro, unfortunately. I mean, Jacob wore his for his first day of work because they didn't have a. Uh, a I've like, one. I've worn it and I've like gotten my food and like one of like the old employees, like one of the guys, like looks at it and he's like, he gets hyped because he's been there since we were freshmen. Have we ever talked about the time where we were out? out and about and you me and liam wore our gaio shirts and we met the fourth gaio guy didn't we like at the fox 
I mean, the, thing, the problem is, is I had left, and so you guys had, like, we were like, we're all going to wear Gaio shirts to this place, because that's how we're going to find each other, because you can see Gaio. I, 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 remember, I remember just, like, we saw this we saw this guy, and it was just like, he knew. He knew, <laughs> he knew what was up. <laughs> that man was also, like, a veteran. They don't sell, they didn't sell those shirts for long. <laughs> no, they didn't, yeah. It was our freshman year, I think. Yeah. And it was, you could get it on Dynex, which was just, like, the biggest novelty ever. Because Dynex is not real money. Dynex expires after the semester. And when we were freshmen, Dynex didn't expire every two weeks, but Blocks did. So regularly, your money disappeared. You guys have the most confusing eating like system Yeah, ever. that's why everyone abandons it, it after freshman year. It also has changed multiple times over the course of us being at CMU. Uh, the first change was when I think like they had to have gotten a million complaints over the Block system. Because it was absolutely absurd that you had to spend your blocks in two weeks or else they would go away. Because uh, I, I lost I lost a lot of money on that. That's because you had, like, the blue plan, though. So. <laughs> Which was not even the, the most block-heavy plan. Like, there there were plans where you had to... Ian had the green it was in the It was in, like, the high 30s, I think, of blocks that you had to go through every two weeks. And it was just, like, you had to be eating more than four meals a day to get through <laughs> all of them. That's because they wanted you to, like, spend a block on, like, a late-night, like, muffin and like some cereal the milkshake block the milkshake <laughs> or the, block. no the, the worst was the cereal block you yeah. got two little tiny cups of cereal with like the plastic like covering on it and one carton of milk that that i did know that i think that's in the episode with jacob i think you discussed that it's yeah the biggest of, ripoff i've ever one heard of the of worst dining options like you why could, would you, you could literally checks? get the same thing on dynex for about three dollars and fifty cents the only good place to spend breakfast blocks would be the exchange or shats. Yeah, there's, there's a huge change in value. Or the breakfast block The average, the, the monetary value of a block, I think, is $10. Um, but you but can either get... You a- also... Well, it, it's $10, averaging out based on how much money you spend, but the lunch block versus the dinner block at many places does not get you the same amount of food. So even though it's the same amount of money you get for lunch, you usually get maybe one side or a drink, while as for dinner, you get a side and a drink, or two sides. So you're just like you're spending you're spending the same thing. So you it was, always spend. It was, it was blatantly a scheme. Like it was it was a scam for CMU to make more money, and they got rid of it. Kind of, it's it's still a very broken system, but it's a little bit fixed. There's a lot of current events going on right now because everything's changing. Because CMU's because of COVID is doing its half on campus policy so freshmen can only live on campus for half the year and all the other half of the year they have to live off campus which is like traumatizing for like 17 18 year olds to do they're gonna like (laughs) i think there's gonna be like a track or cross-country plan to put the new freshmen like in a house of their own or something like that and i could even imagine living like that what if you live your second semester on campus imagine having to find something off campus for just your first semester that's impossible how do you get a half year lease yeah. That's like well, that's, you, you split off you with the people it. coming in that are that lived on campus for the first semester. So that's you too trade. much organization. So you many trade. people are going to get screwed over with that. Like it's CMU, people don't talk to each other. Yeah, no one's going to do anything. <laughs> so it's going to be over. a disaster. Well, there's going to be there's no way that can there's going to be no classes anyway. I'm calling it now that uh, uh, I believe the same thing. I don't think it's going to. They're going to go through with it. Half of half a million deaths by October. They well, heard it here yeah. first. <laughs> the they recently. Uh, Jim Garrett sent an email saying that like shout we are we have shout out to Jim Garrett <laughs> <laughs> like what is he the the dean of <laughs> like the dean of students or something 
I'm not sure what his actual position is, but um, he's 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 up top. He's he's one of the he's the he's guy the he's, he's the guy that sends me emails. <laughs> we have we have Dean Feltner at Pepperdine. Shout I, out to I Dean do Feltner. Not, I do not know his first name. He sent out uh, Jim Garrett sent out a like an email saying like we are like, like very confident that our hybrid plan will work. We we put a lot of thought into it, and I just I can't How? wait for them to go back on it. I, it's I, it's too complicated. From what I've heard, I it makes no sense. It's very complicated. It's going to have a lot of logistical problems. And it also caused three of the four classes that I was registered to take next semester to be canceled. So I'm currently not registered as a student at CMU. And that's a little bit upsetting to me. Tim is going rogue, is what he said. Tim's moving to Boston to hang out with me and, and the boys. I'm, gonna, I, I'm strongly considering taking a leave of absence from CMU. Uh, mostly because I'm personally upset that they canceled three of my classes. I think that's a sign that I should... I should take it. That's, I should take some time. That's off. their sign telling you that you should go. <laughs> that you should I'm not welcome away. to return. Th- this is a sign that you should pick a band, follow them around, like a hippie. A groupie. A groupie. Yeah, but I thought groupies were mostly females. Hey, it's current year, Mallory. Come I'm sorry, on. It's current year. It's current year. You telling me that Timmy can't do that? <laughs> oh, that's uh, that could be the path. Maybe maybe in Boston I'll hang out at some, like... Tim, who would you group before? Well, the problem is... <laughs> the problem is this is really just, like, a fantasy because this is not going to happen. Most bands are not touring. All my favorite bands have canceled their tours, so... Uh, that's all the more virtual. time for you to infiltrate. Be a virtual groupie. Uh, yeah, it could be on the Zoom call. Just going, like, it's, a, it's a whole new wave. It's in the, t- the 2020s, they look back on it. It's like, oh, yeah, the virtual groupie age. <laughs> Tim Bielino, pioneer for virtual, virtual groupies. groupies. We'll see. I would like to go to Boston, though. Josh, you're moving to Boston pretty soon. Yeah, uh, we'll see. At least until after end of July, I will. Harder is, I already have, we already have the house, and I'm already paying rent for it. Shout out to Harder. So Shout like, out to the house. There's, like, not much benefit for me being here, except I'm here with the other boys. But I could also, either way, be with the boys. You're at the point where you have to choose which boys you like better. That's true. Harder, yeah, Harder insisted I hate him. Harder's Harder's pretty cool. I did meet him because he lived with Isaac one summer. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I got to meet him. Uh, Very nice guy. Harder is a nice guy. Nice guy. He saw me cry in Washington, D.C. in front of the Washington Monument, and he did not say anything, so... There's a lot to unpack there. It's a pretty obelisk. It's a pretty obelisk. I had had a rough day. Uh, I was with my sister. Uh, Some... Sweet potatoes made me very upset. Um, the side yeah, of the, that's side of the it was a, that's a monster. There's there's a lot of backstory that went into that. Um, it sounds like we should unpack. Well, <laughs> I, okay. So my dog had just died, and he really loved um, or uh, carrots. And so in his final days, we had to give him baby food uh, that was carrots, which looked a lot like these sweet potatoes because it was like, like. I thought you were going to say the Washington Monument, but... No. So, <laughs> so it, was, it was just, like, a lot of feelings in that moment. And, um... So, you know what happens? Me, me and Isaac were talking today about a healthy amount that you should cry. So I think crying is very healthy, and you should do it when you feel like doing it. But not too often. Um, maybe max once a week. Low, I'm overdue then. Low, like I think like the high is is once a week. The low is like once every two weeks. That's just unfeasible. That's a lot of crying. I can't. Yeah, I think you, I think you got to do it. Catharsis. Catharsis is super important. You gotta let out what you're feeling inside, make it visible. 
and you can move forward in your life. What would you say catharsis is in general terms, Miller? Well, oh, so uh, I, I uh, am a directing major with a minor in great books. So this is a great books buzzword, uh, except it's not. Mm. You, you don't really hear it a lot, but it's something very prevalent in ancient Greek literature where it's this total release of um, emotion and it's like you so if you think of Oedipus and it's all of this tragedy and it's all this tragedy and he and just mom. gets and then his mom and then he stabs out his eyes and that in the stabbing Same. out his eyes is him releasing all of this tragedy in, from himself and then there's a shift in his character afterwards where it's much more calm so that would be a catharsis nice I'll keep that in mind when I want to gouge out my eyes that I'm you're actually you're just, just catharsis. I'm just like there's a lot of tragedy it. happening. I'm releasing it. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta do it. Isn't like the is it a Greek or a Roman thing for them you to know like the ending before like you can start? Uh, well, Greeks would go in knowing the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and Romans pretty much just stole everything from the Greeks. I heard that like Roman uh, Greeks like write like classical things, but like the Romans were like had like romanticism like when the difference between like when you read like the odyssey or if you read like the aenid the aeneid aeneid i like the aenid. i've never i never like I've, I've never yeah, read i've never read the, either that, that is the um the american pronunciation but i read a book called the greek way by edith hamilton edith hamilton yes not yes, yes. wait really <laughs> yeah no she wrote mythology which is like the accepted it's like a textbook it, it's not it's not a textbook it's just a compilation of stories where she t- like it's like the gold standard for what it's we a underst- book of texts it's what we understand uh greek mythology to be especially in wow. america i didn't know i was reading like the work of a pro because it was yeah. not a long book and it was no it wasn't a, it wasn't the greek way it was the roman way okay. so it was it was like an analysis of like roman books or roman plays okay i haven't i haven't and like done, i read that one she like there's like a lot of Roman plays that like honestly like feel like when I was reading them are like exactly like a American sitcom. It was like weird, mm-hmm. but that's all I have to say because that was all. Yeah, I I, I read it on my iPhone, so I mostly focus on it. It also might have been the translation you were reading, uh, because you can read different translations of. So I have mostly focused on Greek uh, plays just because that's where my area of study has led me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, some of, based on the translation, especially like something like the Lysistrata. If you read like a very contem- uh, contemporary, it's very vulgar, uh, contemporary language. But if you read something that was translated like '60s and the '40s, then it's going to be what you would like very flowery language mm-hmm. and and less vulgar. So that might have been if you were reading like a more contemporary. Roman play, or translation of a Roman play. Yeah, I think she compared, did you read the play Trojan Woman? Uh, I have read a modern retelling of that. Because there's like a Greek version and there's like a Roman version. And like the Greek version is a lot more classical and the Roman one is like like romantic. Like when they take uh, like the son of like, is it the son of Hector to die? To like execute him? To like throw him off a cliff or something? Yeah. Like the Greek version is like really sad, like... Like, we're gonna, like, kill this kid because, like, he's, like, the heir of, like, Troy. But then, like, the Roman one is, like, you're, like, dying for your country, man. Like, you, like, are, like, like all this, like, glory and stuff. Well, and you also have to take into account that the Romans treated the Trojans as their um, ancestors. The Aeneid is a story of the Trojans founding Rome. 
And so they're going to be much more sympathetic mm-hmm. towards the Trojans as opposed to the Greeks who are going to treat them as people who are receiving punishment for what they deserved. Yeah. But weren't the Greeks more like, I feel like Greeks were like, death is like death. And like the Romans are like, death is like, if you die for your country, then it's like worth it. Yeah. The Greeks have, a, it's just when you die, you kind of go to a field area, the, kind of. It's not real clear. The Elysium? Yeah. Or there's different 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 places you can go. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and it also has to deal with like when what you're reading was written because their concept of the afterlife shifted. Yeah, I feel like some of them like didn't believe in that. I don't know. It was like if you go, I guess yeah. I don't think the philosophers did, did they? Uh, the philosophers are interesting. They're very interesting. I um, took ancient philosophy freshman year. Yeah, I was asleep most of the time. As one does in ancient philosophy. No, it was, you know, it was real. It was if real I thing. If I had to choose a class to take a nap in, I feel like that would be one that you would get some really good sleep. No, it, it wasn't like I don't know. It wasn't the class's fault. Definitely was interesting, but it was like my freshman year, and it was like always like right after like my like uh, discrete mathematics class. So like my brain was just burnt out, and I would just like pass out in this class. And it was a thirteen person. No, not even thirteen. Like a ten person class. Is discrete math where they teach you how to hide your calculators uh, under a table yes. so people can't see? Yes. Yeah, it's like it's like a covert like espionage okay. for mathematics. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, and so like, uh, I was also the only freshman in that class because I did, they like they were like yeah like you should like when you sign up like you should take like one humanities this semester and I chose ancient philosophy and it was like there was no freshman there. I, I was the only freshman in my theater history two class because my advisor didn't really know what grade I'm in, or she didn't really know what grade I was in. Nice. And I still don't really know what grade I'm in right now. Um, and so I was the only like freshman in that class and I had not taken the prerequisite for it. Oh. It was an interesting time. Uh, I was also the only underclassman period in that class. It, it was, and the Dean taught it. It was Dean. The Dean. So. Jim Garrett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim uh, Garrett actually, was there. He actually uh, is on loan at Pepperdine to teach classes. That's good. When are we getting Jim Garrett on the podcast? After we get Disney on Musa. I've been thinking about my plan to, to get Jim Garrett to come over here. Do you what? think he'd respond? What, what, Do you, if you respond to plan? His what are you thinking right now? Like, what what's your current plan of action? He kidnapped. Kidnapped someone. Someone. We won't say. But. Farnham Jahanian. Yes, we're gonna kidnap Farnham Jahanian. You heard it. The president of CMU. (laughs) It's funny. The president of Pepperdine is named Jim Gash. So whenever you guys see, it's I'm seeing a parallel. What if Jim Jim Garrett and Jim Gash are? I've never seen him in the same room. Never seen him in the same room. (laughs) Well, are you saying they're the same person? I'm saying that uh, if you think about it, it all becomes all too clear. Yeah. It all becomes. It's all a conspiracy. (laughs) Everything's a conspiracy. I actually I tried last year to start a conspiracy on Pepperdine's campus. So we were founded by George Pepperdine, uh, and there's a statue of him by a fountain that's like life sized, very realistic, and it's super scary because you think someone's actually sitting by the fountain. Um, and you're like, why is someone sitting there? And it's just George Pepperdine. But he's I, chilling in eternity. He's just, I started the rumor that his body is actually encased within the statue. <laughs> uh, and if you knock twice and a bone falls out, you get to keep that bone. So you are fake what? news. 
I am Breitbart. You are Breitbart. I am Breitbart. Uh, Breitbart, a longtime fan of this podcast. Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been after here us since. ever since. I really hope we should mention Breitbart so much on the podcast that they do find out about it and they write an article about us. I hope they do. That is my goal in life, they're to like, upset. We, we destroyed these losers in an article because they're not real professors. And now these, cr- these snowflakes uh, are obsessed with us and they won't this stop is, yeah, this talking is, this about us. This is a tell-all us. podcast. Yeah, they're they're really they're really gonna show up those libs over Carnegie Natural. <laughs> well, libs and Green Party can't forget Ian. No, Ian Ian is no longer affiliated with the Green Party. He took the Jill Sign sticker off his laptop after that. Oh my god, twenty sixteen. But um, we, let let's let bygones be bygones, and uh, figure out our plot to get Breitbart uh, Breitbart angry at us. I, I mean, think, that would certainly involve Ian. I think we should have Ian regularly email Breitbart. Um, uh, about Palestine? Yes. And then always sign off, kind regards, Carnegie Natural. Now, Ian always signs off with Free Palestine. <laughs> that's true. You know, that's he, his, his signature move. He did, like, yell that. When we were when he had Shuming on the podcast and that that caused a little bit of anarchy. I think Shuming was <laughs> I, confused. I met Shuming yesterday. And oh, okay. There's a lot to unpack here. She's met almost all of the characters we've had on the podcast. He, I have not Miss, met. There's a lot of them. I mean, you're missing others, like Druva. I'm missing Evan, some really classic ones. Uh, but Shuming, if you're listening to this, you gave me a brownie, even though you didn't know who I was, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you. But she knew who you were. I did know who you were. And all your your rent debacle. And, and more. The thirds, the fourths, the sixths, the twelfths, we were here. And did we ever, did we talk about the, the Tim Shuming me freshman, like, weird sesh that on the on the turf? Did we ever talk you, about that? We definitely did. That. Yes, yeah. that was definitely brought What up. a moment. <laughs> we should have done that again. Shuming just left Pittsburgh today to go home. And we should have just, like, gone on the abandoned turf and, like, the wet, like, dew, like, turf grass and, and just, just laid there. Post-apocalypse and, and, and talked about talked about our our anxieties and worries and the future. You know, like yeah, like this school's scary, and I don't know if I want to be here. And I don't I don't even remember what we talked. That about. That only scratches the surface. That only scratches the surface of what what was discussed on that uh that pavement. We've all been there. There so the theater program at my school. I would say is for people who get waitlisted from the theater program at Carnegie Mellon. That's about our skill level. I didn't apply myself, but there was a running joke between me and my roommate who was not in the theater program. But whenever we were sad or upset, we would just fill out transfer applications and never send them. But I would always open one to Carnegie Mellon and she would always do one for like a Colorado school because that's where she's from. Transfer to Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, that's and then this was before I really met anyone. This was when I only knew Isaac and Compton. Only me, Jack Mills. And, and briefly harder. Wow, I didn't know people aspired to be at this place. I've yet to really have a real interaction with a drama kid, and I may never have so one. People have told me stories uh, while I've during my stay here, and the theater majors kind of scare me here. Um, I feel like at Pepperdine, we assimilate into the crowd uh, for fear of being bullied. I don't think that fear exists here. No, they, like, I mean, like, 
their neighbor is the CS department or the CS school, and those kids aren't going to do anything about whatever. I mean, it's like we're just trying to get to class, and someone like like starts like talking like to another person in like an English accent, and it just bewilders like the, like horde of students just trying to like squeeze by with their laptops. Or like I've seen like you know like, we've seen like fights like fake fights take place immediately followed the by fake like fake breakups really got me fake breakups <laughs> fake fights I had one where it was like it was like off like a vicious like fight and then suddenly it just turned into like an intense romance this is and, why theater kids should be bullied in high school <laughs> so they don't turn out like this. yeah there's there's some somewhere they should have been nipped in the bud because yeah we all need to be humbled at one point. Um, so we don't start bursting into song in the cafeteria. They do sing, also especially at Shats. There was a, I don't know if we've told this Shats story before, because I myself wasn't there. It was the year before we came in, so like when I, we were seniors in high school. And there was like this thing, so like the track team and the cross country team always like set up in the back room at Shats. But one time, it happens often, but like never like this before, where like a drama like friend group like just showed up at Shats. And they like start doing like, I don't know, like they start like say, like they saying ridiculous things, and we have our own ridiculous people on the team, uh, and so it just goes back and forth, and eventually it leads to uh, someone get like I think one of our guys, or no, one of them got a raw egg, and smashed it on top of their head, their own head, and was just like just like rubbing it on themselves, and then after that. Our guys, it could have been either way, like the or like flipped, like who did the egg or, but like what came up next was that one of them, maybe our guy got a glass of milk, and then seductively took one of his friends and poured it on him, as he like unbuttoned his shirt, and just let the milk just go all over him, and then that was just like it, and so maybe we, we contributed a bit to that situation. I, I, I wish have I was a feeling there. that you guys were probably the egg. We probably were the egg. I I, I want to believe that you guys were the egg. I don't know where they got an egg, though. I think they might have went down to Entropy to get the egg. Wait, you're saying that they were the egg? No, so there's a, one group that poured milk on themselves. No, on another person. On another person. Which makes it worse. And then, but it was, like, in their own group. This person was, like, pour milk on me, and was just like, oh. Yeah. Another person was, and another person egged themselves by just getting yolk. How do you even get an egg? I don't know. You're going to have to ask, uh, if we ever get Curtis Watcher on this podcast, we can ask him because he was there. Oh, Curtis would be a great guy. Maybe Evan Larrick would also know. I'm pretty sure Evan was there. But the historians. Historians. Curtis is a, histor- a history major. He would know. He would know. He would, he would know, know the history. He probably wrote it down. He took down notes. <laughs> he probably took it down in you know, like the mid-distance running history, Stuco. Yes. But uh, there's also like by the drama school and Gates, there's this tree that like people like drama kids like like to like climb and so like every time when i would walk home from gates there would be like it'd be like 1 a.m and there i would guarantee you that there's like an 85 percent chance that there's a drama kid laying in the branches and they would like say like hello from like above and the first couple times would scare the shit out of me because you just like suddenly like hey there it's and, like, really they're most they're, like they're uh, projecting like they're on stage. They have the consonants all on the right. Yeah, place. yeah. Like some of them, like some of them would like act to be like a hostile like voice, like who goes there or something like stupid like that. But like other ones are like, now you like look up and they're just like they're like they're like grinning at you like the Cheshire Cat like from above. Like, you gotta so calm what, down. What prop were they using? Was it a old fashioned hat, a cigarette, or a juggling 
baton. <laughs> no props, you know, just them in the tr- them in the tree, just like laying on the branches, kind of just like like this. Ju- juggling juggling day is yeah, the tree is the prop. You know, to me, juggling you know, day is ridiculous. You know the tree I'm talking about, right? I do know the tree you're talking about. There's always someone in that tree. Have you ever seen someone in that tree? I avoid that area altogether. <laughs> you can't you can't get to gates without going through that area. Yeah, there I is that, that that one like the juggling group where he's like he's like come on the guys the guy learn like, the guy who wears like the learn fedora. how to juggle <laughs> and like the vest you can do it <laughs> it's learn like how to juggle I, I swear that's like the whole thing's like an act it's like a, it's like a drama class because like I never see any actual advertising for this guy's like juggling it's like it's, it's like a secret all, thing that it's only all the, fake it's just like part of like it's like an assignment the drama kids have this is, is my it theory. the same guy every year it's the same guy all the time yeah there was a he's the juggling guy. I know in my high school for their, the, one of the drama classes, there's an assignment where you have to like pretend to be a character for the entire day. That's that's wrong. I would I would say as a director, that's some. It's an interesting awful technique. It's an interesting building thing. Building skills right there. Because one guy pretended to be a homeless man and he set up shop in the. He didn't go to any of his classes. He set up in our like th- before the school was renovated. There's a place called Center Court, which was like kind of this like our school was six stories. And so, like, there's, like, I, I'm trying to shape it with my hands, but the listeners can't see it. But if you can imagine an uh, interior, like, I don't know, if you're, like, in a mall and you have, like, a center court area and it's surrounded by four walls and then, like, at the top is, like, a glass ceiling, like, that's center court. And so he, like, took his, like, homeless, like, belongings and he's, like, in this, like, old, like, trench coat and, like, he's just, like, I don't know, like, fake <laughs> patchy beard or something and, like, like hat and like he's like he's t- he's carrying his like grocery bags full of like personal things and he like lays there and like eventually people are like who is this like old man and they like have to like they bring in like the one police officer that's like on duty and they have to like throw him out and like he like he like took his character like way too far because he like wasn't giving himself up until like, it was like absolutely like the police is gonna take you away and like I don't know, like people like I think the legend has it that like he like failed because he gave up his character, but I refuse to believe that. You, like like well, well your teachers gonna be like yeah like you lost like you failed me. But it's um, like the it's like the old like nineteen nineties like sex ed assignments where it's just like this is a baby doll and you have to take <laughs> care of it for a week. Yeah, I mean so I feel that you that don't only have happens sex. in sitcoms. I've seen I've seen no, it's definitely a real thing. I've seen good acts, like, there's just, like, some people that, like, pretend to be some, like, eccentric, like, scientist, and then, like, you, like, see them in, like, physics, and they're just, like, they, like, (laughs) basically, you just see, yeah, you just see Ian, or something like that. No, yeah, the thing is, they would go for, like, a very serious, like, view on it, but, like, in reality, the crazy scientist is Ian Harris playing balloons and drinking an IPA while he's eating couscous and talking about Palestine. But now that I think about it, I feel like I only, like, saw this, like, freshman, like, year, like, or sophomore year, like, I didn't see him, I think, because, like, the way the school was, like, reorganized at the renovation, I think, like, the whole drama area was, like, removed from, like, the rest of the school. For good reason. For, Keep them... We got... We had a nice... Like, they had, like... They had this auditorium, like, stage that they, like... There, there's, like, the big auditorium that's, like, the stage where they put on the plays, like, The Wizard of Oz, and this one called, like, Carousel. We've only gone to two. And... Nice. Of the four that I could have gone to as a student. But then, like... Other times, uh, they have this thing called the daytimes. There's all there's uh, there's two kind of day, there's day, dance daytime and like uh, like uh, drama daytime, where it's like end of semester uh, like final presentation and so like the drama kids put on a, like a short like a one period, like a forty minute play, mm-hmm. and then the dance kids put on like I don't know like a 
I wouldn't say a 40 minute dance because I feel like I'd be exhausted, but they do something. And so like when we were freshmen and sophomores, if we had gym class, you could go to the daytime instead. Mm. I guess I didn't do it ever junior or senior year because I didn't have either, uh, what's it called, study hall or a gym class to go with. Mm. But they were fun. And like, yeah, when the school was renovated, they had this new like uh, small stage area that they would put on like these like, like plays. I don't know. Like a black box? What's a black box? It's just like a theater space that's entirely black and it has like seats that you can move around uh, and a grid up at the top so you can put lights in whatever direction. It was a bit bigger than that. It was like an act, like it had like... Was it like an actual stage? It was an actual stage, but it was like the capacity was like not like as big as a regular school auditorium. Okay. It was very, it was like, yeah, it was like locked away in the corner. It was kind of weird. I Ian could probably describe it better because he was also there. But yeah. Shout out to Ian. We talked about Ian for about... Shout out to Ian. I mean, Ian's always the centerpiece of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, about a quarter of the podcast has been talking about Ian. He is the cover of this podcast. That's true. There's, yeah, I, there's a reason I, why he's the cover. That's true. I, I think from here on out, let's talk more about Ian Harris. I think we need to we need to uncover what truly he is and what he means to this world. And um, that that is our mission statement at Carnegie Natural. We are we are studying Ian Harris. I think it's actually this is just a recording of like the people that surrounded Ian Harris and like their perspectives on him for when he is yeah they're in gonna... charge of us all somehow um, as the Green Party president. You know? Yeah, when Ian like solves some uh, fundamental equation and they're like trying to look at his early life, it's gonna be this podcast. They're gonna find Carnegie Natural and it's gonna be like a treasure trove of information. Ian's gonna discover the secret to dark matter and immediately like become a superhero, and then we're all gonna have to worship him. <laughs> and he's gonna be like, he's gonna be, he's gonna be like Bloons Man. <laughs> yeah, Ian like would have the opportunity to become anything in the universe. <laughs> he could become like the most powerful like person in the world and he's like i'm putting it all into the creation of balloons tower defense seven and that was how he would spend his power he would become an everwing fairy he would become an ever he would make everwing fairies a reality <laughs> this, his dream come true this is like uh the show was it yesterday brian uh the the boys the boys the, the show the boys about shout, superheroes. shout out to the show the boys and shout out by, to the boys shout out to, by to Amazon, brian i believe it's, uh, Brian Lane. Maybe future future <laughs> guests of this podcast. Uh, yeah, I am unnecessarily hostile towards Brian Lane, but we were nice to each other today, so sounds I, like there's a lot to unpack there. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know if we have much more time for Maybe. unpacking. I, I, I we're know. an hour ten. Oh, oh, we just missed. That's our quota. We just missed. We yeah. just we just missed sixty nine. Well, I guess this is gonna be is, is the gonna disappointment be a, dis- a disappointed a disappointing ending. <laughs> we failed. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's. Right. Are you trying to are you trying to end it right now? Um, well, his his is, artwork is complete. He's out of oranges. That's true. Now you just have I to am let it out lie. Of oranges. Yeah, I, I've I literally used every last stem and piece of the orange. Uh, I'll take a picture of it and we can put it in the link dump. Link dump. I've this never done be. that. <laughs> we we have a lot of pictures that we could be putting in the link dump. Uh, I guess also now that it's the end of the podcast, uh, this podcast is definitely dedicated to liam walsh liam, because he thinks we're quarantining right now i liam, did I, I did text liam uh i said podcast r and he did not respond podcast r aura aura yeah 
threw a little bit of Spanish in there. I thought it would get him, uh, get him excited. Yeah, I didn't get throw him off balance because he's a French guy. Yeah, he's probably I, I like, what is wrong French. with him? Uh, Liam, I've never met you, but I've been living in your room for about a total of three weeks over the span of two visits. And he only knows about the first he, visit. Tim forgot to tell him that I was coming back. Now it's too late. Um, Shout out to Tim. So this is like the tell-all portion of the, the podcast. The tell-all. Um, y- thank you. At last we reveal ourselves. Uh, when I can't sleep at night uh, or when I'm trying to take a nap, I watch the case you have for your watches and it spins them. I just watch that. Is this also the segment where we eat all of Liam's chocolate and drink all of his beer? As fast as we can. I don't know. Liam, what do you have to say about that? Liam? Yeah, call him in. Call him, <laughs> call him up. Call Liam in. Um, your fan is very nice. It's a very good fan. And we're fans of you. And we are fans of you. That was a good transition right there. What do you think of Liam's uh, shoe money? Shoe money? <laughs> There's a lot of money in that room. <laughs> I, I do have a bad habit when I'm in the duplex. If I find a coin, I keep it. Isaac is probably upset about that. No, he is. He's like, he is a penny pincher if I've ever met one. He's like, I could put that in my car. And I was like, I found maybe a total of 36 cents. Isaac and I went to, uh, we went to Uncle Sam's recently, which is cash only. Or no, it was ALO's, which is also cash only. Lots of cash only places in Squirrel Hill. Um, Isaac, uh, paid for what was like $6 worth of pizza. He got a couple slices in nickels. And only, only a couple of them were, like, he, there was, like, maybe a dollar worth of quarters, but it was nickels. That's, well, this was a while ago. That's the root of this. Oh, this was no, a while he, ago. He, we went there, and he was like, guys, you'll never believe what I did. I paid for my pizza in nickels. If I was the cashier, I'd probably murder-suicide. The cashier was very upset, and I was standing there with Isaacs, and, like, I realized what was happening. I paid with just, I just gave him a 10, and, like, most of the the change like any of the coins that i got i put in the tip jar um and like the, the rest of it i was just like right, isaac like just take my money please and he was like no I, I gotta get rid of this change and over the course of the next five or ten minutes he uh, counted out all the nickels and i slowly just descended into madness no i just backed away <laughs> you like, tried to disassociate i, I don't I, just, I don't I, know him i formally i not only do i not approve i i formally just do not i dislike it <laughs> Tim, is this the is this the time where we're gonna talk about the coaster incident? The coaster incident. Is there a coaster incident for Liam? The Liam, the Liam coaster incident. Yeah. I'm unaware of a coaster incident. You, there you have was, to be. I don't know how, but one of the coasters got broken and it was hot glued back together. Oh yeah, I hot glued it back together. I don't know how it broke. Did you break it? I did not. I found it and it was broken. Oh my god. So. Liam, you're going to be coming back to a completely different room. True. You're going to like There's going to be less chocolate in that room <laughs> than there was before. But there's going to be more love. A lot. A lot and Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. Uh, or thankfulness. I should have said thankfulness. Hopefully uh, a freshly made bed. Yes. That is on the to-do list. And yeah, just less chocolate. And more thanks. And that's all we have. I that's all, folks. That's all, folks. Oh, shoot, wait. No, let me stop it. Damn, if only we had Eddie here and we could close out with the big fart noise. It's too bad. Next episode. This, this one's in memory of Eddie. Yeah, shout out to Eddie. 